February 26, 2021. It's the Walk from Pedro Show.
Watch for Pedro Show. Happy Friday, last Friday of February. Two down for 21. Start off the show with John Coltrane and Kenny Dorham. Trumpet Man, 1958. Shifting down. And then it had a kind of grammatical mark on it, so it couldn't be he. Maybe it's hey, but it's from my guest, uh, Steve Fulton. Yes, people, I'm not man alone. Because those engineers with their uh, scout invention from Estonia, Mr. Steve Fulton, along. How are you? 
I'm good. How are you? And which you're in SoCal, which part? Uh, Claremont. Oh, oh, okay. Franklin Bruno territory. Absolutely. Oh, really? Absolutely. Okay. And uh, you know, I mean, we had a big joke about this. Um, next door is Montclair, Claremont. Mm-hmm. Is that an accident? I mean, how the fuck that um. <laughs> I, I don't know how how that happened, but uh, yeah, Claremont has the colleges, Montclair has the mall. Right. And in fact, one of those malls got a parking lot over right because I know about these parts because there was a pad called the Green Door. Oh yeah, that was uh, before my time here, but uh, definitely heard my friends talk about that place. It's been paved over. Uh, <laughs> I think Mr. Poe said, "Quote the Raven." Uh-huh. Yeah, never more. <laughs> but uh, it was an interesting place. I have a lot of stories. But I want to talk about your story. You gave me a buttload of songs here. But I want to, no, we're going to play pretty near all of them. But um, I want to uh, get into your journey through music. Can we, Steve, bring us uh, your earliest musical recollection, please. Uh, Probably the farthest back I can remember is being about five years old and various things I heard at that time, like uh, West Side Story. Um, I don't know. I remember hearing ABC on the radio by the Jackson Five. I don't know. Just sort of scattered memories from that time. I, I have some memory of like maybe around that age of, of going to like a performance of Carmina Burana and actually physically feeling the sound. Yeah, but, uh, just like scattered memories like that, you know, about that age. Yeah, I mean, some guys they tell me about hearing shit inside their ma and stuff. You know, <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> yeah, I know. Mine start about five, maybe, and they're and they're blurry like yours. You know, maybe it is that that physical, the pushing of the sound. Uh, and and where was this? Uh, Central Vermont. That's okay. where I grew up. Okay, Green Mountain. Yeah. So Claremont, not too far. Yeah, yeah. The acorn don't drop far from the tree, does it? Actually, that's bullshit. That's bullshit because the, the the acorn tree wants a squirrel to eat that and shit it somewhere very far away because uh, nature don't like inbreeding. See, that's motherfucking ethnic cleansers trying to justify their faulty thinking. Uh, just my opinion. Um, <laughs> Uh, the pad you grew up with, Steve, was there musical instruments inside? Yeah, we always uh, always had like a, a beat-up upright piano around. Um, and, you know, later on, like, I discovered like an acoustic uh, nylon string guitar that my mom had that still had four strings left on it. And four? So had, ah, so it's almost a bass. What we're missing? The E and the B? <laughs> What? Well, if it was missing the high E and the B, it's almost a bass, right? Oh, yeah, but I don't think it was as simple as that. Okay. I think it was missing something in the middle. <laughs> ah, like I get the wrong. Okay. Look, um, I, I asked that because, uh, you know, that you ended up jumping on shit and playing, so that's why I asked about that. And, and so, yeah. so your ma or your parent, anybody in the there, there were some players in the house. Kind of. I mean, my dad had played viola, but I don't remember ever seeing him play it, even rehearsing it. Um, 
And yeah, but yeah, I didn't really see them do that. So it's like, yeah, there were instruments. Yeah, there was musicality, but I didn't really see it in action so much. And and then with the piano there, it wasn't like uh, the go-to, like, now it's time for lessons. And some trauma. Uh, I did have lessons when I was about six. Now, how'd that go? How'd that go? Uh, as I recall, it went well, but I, I only did it for about a year. And then, I don't know, for whatever reason, stopped, I guess. Well, because I've had people on the show, and it almost chased them away from music. It seems it depends on the teacher. Do you remember the teacher? No, I don't. Okay, that's all right. What about it at school? Uh, did Were you in the choir, the marching band, or shit like that? Um. In fifth grade, I played cornet for for about a year. Didn't really get good at that. Um, Who's the big cat on cornet? Chuck Mangione? Well, uh, well, I didn't learn this till much later, but uh, Louis Armstrong. <laughs> of course, of course, of course. I'm just saying that because you're, well, you're a little younger than me, but remember Chuck Mangione? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think he was flugelhorn, though. Ah, okay. Wrong again, Why? Okay, so the, the cornet, so you learned how to read music? Uh, not really, no. I mean, I, I don't know, I sort of learned, you know, how it works, but I, I still can't, I can't sight read. Okay, so you like ended up memorizing and like fooling those people? Yeah. I okay. mean, well, Steve, tell me you the first record you bought with your own money. Uh, I don't remember single was i i remember i did buy a lot of 45s before i finally scraped up the money to buy an album the first album well, no uh, 45 is okay my the first one i bought was american woman by guess who oh yeah uh i wish i could remember what my first one was the first album i bought was uh, the first boston album and then that same night i won frampton comes alive in a radio contest so you, you could have saved some money. I, I don't know. Maybe you didn't like that. I remember the television album came out when that Boston record did. I graduated okay. high school. Yeah, it was 1976. Mm -hmm. So you were a boy then? Yeah. So yeah. I'm, 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 I'm young Okay. Okay. I'm just wondering, trying to. 76. I guess I, guess I was only 11. So I'm, 15, I'm 15 years. No, I'm seven years older than you then. Okay. Uh, what about the first gig you went and saw? Uh, some local teenage band played in the high or the junior high gym. I think that was the first one. The same band also played opening for the movie Star Wars. I don't remember which of those came first. Those might have been the only two gigs I, only two times I saw a rock band before I played my first gig. There wasn't a lot of music going on in central Vermont at the time. Okay. Uh, you were in the marching band, though, right? So the football games and shit like that? Uh, I don't remember actually marching. Oh, okay. You were like I think we just played on a stage or something. Okay, yeah, like an orchestra. Okay, okay. Well, over here at San Peter High, they had to wear these big-ass wool suits. <laughs> marching, uh -huh. yeah, in the hot sun and shit and the black and gold was our theme song because that's our colors. <laughs> and of course we were the pirates, right? St. Peter, we're the harbor here. Uh, so so um, what about the thing? Well, you end up on, uh, besides the horn, like the horn ain't really a 
instrument to jam with your buddies after school in the basement or the garage, right? Right. Um, yeah, well, I sort of picked up the guitar, you know, that guitar that my mom had, yeah. and then I ended up, you know, finding a cheap electric of my own. And uh, But my, in my first band, I played keyboards. Well, how'd you get on keyboard? Because of that stand-up? Uh, uh, the upright piano? Yeah, kind of. I mean, you know, by that time, you know, it'd been a long time since I had lessons, and I was pretty much self-taught. But, I, yeah, I managed to buy like a cheap electric piano from my D&D dungeon master. And uh, that was enough. To from get where? <laughs> where did you buy this? <laughs> my D&D dungeon master was selling it. <laughs> what the fuck is it? Are you talking about the game? Yeah. Dungeons and Dragons. Okay, yeah. But he also like sold instruments. <laughs> well, he just had one and he wanted ah, to Oh, I understand. It was cheap, so I got it. Okay, okay. I didn't think we all had, maybe in Vermont, everybody's got a personal dungeon master. <laughs> anyway, anyway, okay, so uh, because those were really expensive, those the first ones in the 70s and shit. That's why me and D. Bloom didn't know anybody played one. Uh, electric, uh, electronic piano? Yeah, this was actually an electronic piano, not an electric piano. Uh, and by the time I got it, it was 50 bucks, so. Wow, I remember Univox had one, and it was 400 bucks, and that was the cheapest one. It could oh, yeah, it. This, this was probably the, pretty much the same thing. I think, you know, different brands had essentially the same thing, and it wasn't a very good sound. No, no, and it could, do, it, could, it could do harpsichord and clavi clavinet. Yeah, 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 that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And uh, But then the Casio, they got down under 100 and shit, and it just changed everything, but. Uh, yeah, so, you know, rock and roll is basically a keyboard music. It's not a guitar music. That came later. So it makes sense. It's funny uh, why it's treated not, you know, with Elton John kind of thing, because it's really a little Richard Jerry Lee Lewis. And even Chuck Berry, his piano man, wrote the tunes. So the, the first band you were in, can you remember the first gig? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was a... Uh... High school um, was the homecoming dance. And was it a success? Did this band have a name? Did you do original material or did you copy songs? It was copy songs. We did like four sets worth of, you know, the rock hits of the day. We, man, we squeezed one original song in that first gig, but that didn't really work out for us. So. Four sets <laughs> were like the long or not 20 minute like Miles Davis. No, no, like, you know, 45 minutes, yeah, break, something like that. <laughs> and yeah, I was petrified, but but I couldn't stay petrified for four hours. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's So it was basically, I mean, they didn't throw shit, right? No. Yeah, so it was kind of a success. Yeah. Okay, okay. So. And you even got paid for your yeah. first fucking gig. That's great. And the Minutemen didn't get paid till their 35th gig. Wow. Uh, well, you know. I still don't get paid most of the time. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. I'm not going to start <laughs> fucking crying your river, right? Um, so after school, did you pursue music or was it still on the side? Um, it was it was kind of on the side. You know, I went off to college, but I, you know, I was always playing in bands. It was always something I 
you know, really wanted to do and kept doing. So, what what I mean is, you didn't go to college for music. No, I went. Yeah, I went to college despite music. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but you probably met some music people there, right? Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that that's a good thing. And and so, uh, you leave the keyboard, right? Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. Even. Yeah. Even during high school, like I had another band in high school and I was playing guitar and some bass in that band. I'd started on keyboards, but things just shifted around and yeah, I ended up playing guitar primarily. And uh, how, and it was self-taught thing too? Yeah. Like, or learn off records or something, but no, no teacher, no sensei. What? Like no uh, what? instructions from a person. I'm sorry, you're dropping out. Uh, no instructions from a person. Oh, right. No. Yeah, guitar, totally. I've never had a guitar lesson. So ever. you're trying to, like, figure songs off of, off of records, like me and D-Buddha. Although we, uh, some guy showed us some stuff at first. Yeah. Um, yeah, pretty much that. And I was always, like, just making, making up stuff, you know? No, I don't know. That's why I'm asking. <laughs> <laughs> when I get the mind read thing done, I won't have to use words anymore, Steve. But in the meantime, I'm gonna have to kind of interrogate you about this. Yeah. So, when did you start writing? So you said you got one song in on that first gig. Was that your yeah. song? Uh, me and the and the singer wrote it together. Okay, yeah. so when do you start like uh, making your own? Because I'm always interested in that because wh where we grew up, nobody wrote their own fucking songs. I hated it. Oh. uh you hated that they didn't? Yeah, because when I found out about the punk movement, everybody wrote songs. Right. But no uh, one did before we met those people uh, <laughs> that we knew. Yeah, the culture of the 70s here in Pedro was sucking out loud. Well, uh, not not as out loud as Central Vermont. Um, <laughs> if you were writing your own tunes, you're about a mile and a half ahead of us, Steve. Yeah, but that doesn't mean anyone heard them or anything, but it was... <laughs> You know, just for my own amusement, I guess. Well, you know, a fucking Walt Whitman. Well, no, he was trying to stop the Civil War. That's right. Look, well, I want to play some music from you here. Uh, Retreat of the Border Tories. All right. Interesting title. Now go gentle into that good night. 
Old age should burn and rave at close of day. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. Though wise men at their end know darkest right, because their words had forked no lightning, they do not go gentle into that good night. Good men, the last wave by, crying how bright their frail deeds might dance in a green bay. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. Wild men who caught and sang the sun in flight and learned too late they grieved it on its way. Do not go gentle into that good night. Grave men near death who see with blinding sight, blind eyes could blaze like meteors and be gay. Rage. Rage against the dying of the light. And you, my father, there on that sad height, curse me, bless me now with your fierce tears. I pray to not go gentle into that good night. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. Since age 10, what they can do, babe What they did for themselves, I'll do for you It's so good that, oh no, yeah I'm your man
gonna get down on my knees. It's so good that you can get it from my hand. I'm your man, baby.
She looked at him first and saw that he was asleep, so then she looked over at me and asked what I'd like to drink. Ginger ale, I said. And when I said that, the guy next to me woke up, looked at the stewardess, and said ginger ale. That made me wonder if he really wanted ginger ale or if he was startled awake by me saying ginger ale. And it woke him up, and he saw her and knew what she wanted, so said the first thing that came into his head, which was ginger ale, because it was the words that he'd just heard and that had woken him up. A little while later, she brought us both our ginger ales, but I wonder if he really wanted ginger ale. We didn't talk at all. Ginger ale. for Pedro show we start off that chunk of music Steve Fulton with retreat of the border Tories has nothing to do with the border of Canada people <laughs> no Tories <laughs> right the people after 17 uh, what was it 83 I don't know yeah <laughs> yeah we don't know our own birthday people <laughs> as US people would anyway I, we, the Loyal's part, a bunch of off-air banner don't make any sense, but the great song there, Retreat of the Border Tories. Do not uh, go gentle into the good night. That's Ig uh, reading uh, Phil and Thomas poem. Uh, Richard Hell and the Voidoids, he remixed his second album, I'm Your Man. Uh, it's beautiful. He found the master taste. Barry Burko band, uh, his uh, third part, Out of Phase from the symphony, brand new thing. Dinosaur Jr.'s got a new song, and I Ran Away. Uh, Steve Fulton again, the colon of the gloam. Colon. Colon. Uh, yeah, <laughs> okay. I'm sorry, I didn't oh, okay. pronounce a G. Colon. You know, you know about the town in uh, on the off I five in San Joaquin Valley, right? Colinga. Oh right, yeah. Colon right. Station A. That's why I heard they got the name. It was to put coal on the trains. Oh okay. And coaling yeah. is the same idea. Yeah. Okay, but I ain't, I ain't meant to fuck with you, too. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, uh, Dr. Stockhausen to the ER from Bombas Prendon. After that, uh, Hands Rotten out of Switzerland. In honor for Yuri, Reese, and Glenn. Uh, Reese and Glenn is probably Mr. Chad and Mr. Branca, maybe Mr. Gregarian. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Steve Fulton with uh, OG. 
uh, out of my orbit from model home. Great new album they got. David Greenberger, he, he's not near, not too far from Vermont with the High Ho Barbers, Ginger Ale, and finally Steve Fulton with There But For The Week Gone By. You you leave Vermont. What's next for you music-wise? Uh, went, went to college in Connecticut, was, was in a band there basically all through college and then for a year after when then that broke up and then I moved out to San Francisco and was in various bands there and and moved down here and have been in various bands here. Uh, we're at the end of first uh, hour, February 26, 2021 edition. We're off the Peter Show special guest Steve Folta. Hang tight for hour two. February 26, 2021, it's the second hour of the Watt for Pedro Show. Sweet, sweet 
the spring and bitter, bitter the winter.
Offer Pedro Show, start off the second hour with Rabble Enabler, Steve Fulton, and Franklin Bruno. There's the man, Sweet the Spring. Even though we're three, four weeks away, well, in SoCal, we're always. <laughs> right? It was, a couple days ago, it was 80 degrees in Pedro, Tuesday. It's kind of, I'm not laughing at the rest of the country. I'm, I'm very sorry for all the heaviness, but you understand why when I came here from Virginia, I never left, right? <laughs> Spoiled, oh, spoiled motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine Vermont. Oh, my God. But yeah, sure, it's pretty. I, the only river I ever kayaked in my life, because I've only done an ocean, really, and once a lake, was in Vermont. Uh, then we had uh, Zero Master 12 from Steve Fulta. There's another trippy title. Unforeseen Ciphers of the World from Lisa Cameron, Damon Smith, Alex Cunningham. Uh, Dale Crover from his solo album. Stumbler is the song. Steve Fulta with Crypto Cabana. No Mercy. You know about these cats? They were from no. the old days. 70s punk. From the city. You know, they had a bigger scene than us. Way bigger. And it was just a drummer. There were two ladies. A drummer and a singer. Punk wasn't always fast guitar. It was like fucking anything, right? And it yeah, should, especially it should, early on. It should go back to <laughs> Right? <laughs> it should be more of a state of mind and style of music. Because uh, they'll live forever that way. That's my, my, my guess. Steve Fulton finally with Transverse Lateral. And uh, Franklin Bruno, let's talk about it. Yeah. Um, trying to remember when I first met him. I can't really remember. He was, uh, I mean, I'm sure it was at one of those munchy shows that the shrimper scene early on revolved on around. Yeah, I don't know. Don't know what to say about him. Well, was he an influence on your music? Were you an influence on his? You know, only the music connects is what I'm 
Right. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't think we had an influence either way. I think we were both very influenced by the band Game Theory independently. Is that, um, the, is that that guy who killed himself? Yeah. Yeah. I'm so sorry, but I remember that now. Yeah. Um, Franklin actually wrote some of the liner notes for one of their reissues of, of one of their albums. Yeah. Like I, I have to say, is that a young minute man? Our friends, Sacred Trust, Black Flag, the Hooskers, Meat Puppets, they had incredible influence on us. Oh, well, on everyone. <laughs> no, no, but what I'm saying is, you know, you know them personally, and they're in bands, and you don't want to copy them, of course, because you want to respect them, but they still kind of influence you. And I was wondering if you and Franklin had the same kind of thing. Yeah, well, we sort of, you know, didn't, didn't really meet until kind of later on when we had already developed our own styles, so. For example, there would have never been a double nickels on the dime without Hooskers because they did that ZRK. Oh, right. And it says, take take that Hooskers on it. Yeah, well, we were, yeah, I put that there because to give them credit for the idea of making a double album. Now, uh, you know, it's, but we didn't make a Hoosker Do record, but, you know, influence, that's what I'm saying. So uh -huh. it seems... Okay, when I was listening to this new stuff that you've done and, and thinking back when Franklin was on the show a couple months ago and playing his stuff, I, I do hear kind of similarity. Um, yeah, I could, I could see that. And like, you know, like I said, I think it, it's more that we share influence than that we influence each other so okay. much. Uh, would you say Shrimp, like SST, like I named those bands, there was no, mm. there was no SST sound really, right? Right, yeah. Uh, was there a shrimp or sale? Uh, you know, it was pretty diverse. But yeah, yeah, okay, okay. I, I mean, it tended to be like a little more sort of indie folk oriented, some of it, mountain goats. Can, can you help me with that genre name, indie? Because it sounds like an economic program. How, how, is, how is it in terms of like musical stuff? Uh, I, I don't know. I just always uh, accepted it as, you know, the, the term and it, I don't know. I mean, Minutemen for sure were considered indie rock, but I yeah, I've, I have trouble defining it really. I mean, it doesn't. It, it's not any particular sound. It's just well, you know, the lot from Pedro show. There's no hard questions and there's no wrong answers. Don't worry, Steve. Okay, okay, okay don't worry. I want to play Make well, It Pass the Morning and a wrong answer.
水なのにこれビリビリ電気してるねこれ、えー、デザートって言います
Bought from Pedro Show. That chunk of music start off uh, with Steve Fulton doing Make It Past the Morning. And then I played a whole bunch of stuff from Hokkaido. My buddy Dez flowed me the scene there around Sapporo, their big town. Uh, we had Desert with Wake. Uh, Bang Lang with People. Uh, Car Thief School with Dopo. Don Carnage with Salem. Uh, Meat Cop with 25th Century Birthday Present. Plot with No Name. Slang with the world of lunacy, the hatch with Stamina Jackson. So there's a sample of what's going on right now in Sapporo. And after, uh, finally, Steve Fulton with the small French debacle. Yeah, how important are titles for you? Uh, it varies. I mean, I mean, a lot of the titles don't really relate so much to the songs because I. I have I can write titles like I have a big list of titles to use like and it's a lot of times it's like I finish the song and I need a title and I just pick a title off the list whatever seems to kind of fit sort of um, but uh, you know other times it's like oh I went to the list here's this title that I really like and then I wrote the song to the title uh, and it, it just varies a lot well I gotta tell you I do like that, what you just mentioned. I always need the title first, but man, you know, I ask a lot of people about that shit, and they always tell me the title comes last. So it's trippy that you mix it up like that. I need the title first because it helps gives me focus. Right, well, especially, yeah, if you have lyrics, I'm, I'm always looking for a focus for the lyrics. But it's, yeah, it's a lot harder for me to write a lyric than it is to write a title. Yeah, you know, I might not have lyrics, but... I, you know the music to me it's all device to rally around to realize the title mm -hmm. so uh, for example bob dylan wrote propaganda songs i came up with this title so i come up with the <laughs> word all all to realize that being afraid of uh writing songs that people might think is uh, not appropriate and then i thought well bob dylan wrote something like that maybe i can so that that's what it is it's kind of like a morale booster for me yeah the title yeah so i'm always curious about other songwriters there and then you know of course stuff like john coulter mainly instrumental music people the title mm -hmm. it seems is really important because uh people key on that right to trying to define this the sounds because there's no uh, spiel right yeah so i was just curious about it uh what, what do, you, do you keep a, a notebook of lyrics uh, no, because uh, I, I, uh, lyrics is, is the big chore for me, so I always put that off until the very end. Ah, so you make music uh, to put lyrics. Okay, okay, okay. So do you do the thing like uh, a little recorder or something, and you put little melodies in there for parts? Um, I, I have done that. I mean, this album was, I mean, the... The process was like I would just go into our little studio almost every night and, uh, you know, sometimes I'd just play some drums and play some guitar and go home. But sometimes when I was doing that, I'd come across something interesting musically and then I could, I was all set up to record it onto the computer immediately and then you know, develop it. Uh, um, interesting. Uh, I'm going to ask you about that because 
Yeah, I always wanted to play drums. But we're at the end of the second hour, February 26, 2021. Dish Watt Theater Show special guest, Steve Fold. Hold tight for our three. February 26, 2021. It's the third hour of the Watt from Pedro Show.
there'll be some music, but we'll manage to find a quiet place to talk. Bots tend to do dumb stuff as they work, based on preset nav meshes, which define where they go on the map after the round starts. Records, too, are available, but it would be an act of charity to oneself to smash them whenever they are discovered. I would need some help with my problem. My frame rate is locked to 60 FPS. More and more we have the feeling that I'm getting nowhere. All I can say is never climb where anyone can see you, you're an easy target. It is not irritating to be where one is only irritating to think one would like to be somewhere else. It should just stay a sniper. There is not enough of nothing in it. What you should notice in all the games now is that you actually have a choice in what weapons to use without limiting yourself. There are two great games for magnetic tape, one is music, all the history of thinking about it. Games black after accident game. At directing the phenomenon of the automatism of chance, which I mistrust as a facility which is not absolutely necessary. What do you mean by mirrors, triangles, and breaking mirrors? Googled, but couldn't find anything on it. We have a feeling we're getting nowhere, that is a buzzer, which, which will continue, continue if we are irritated with whatever. But I think consistent movement is a huge difference between different levels of play. The way it does it, by the intimacy of multiplicity and emptiness.
most receive less. Amundio Sacrefleur won't say what I think of you. Scaly eyes, boring lies. What else do you want from Montfort? Live from Pedro Show, start off the third hour. Steve Fulton doing Leave That Row Behind. That's for sure. Uh, some jam I did with Crane at a party in his parents' backyard. 1987 flowed it to me. And I think that fucking bass line is, became uh, what gets heard later. Firehose. Now, is Firehose indie? Because it was on, uh, the records were on, uh, well, the first three were SST, but then the other ones were Columbia. Um, Could you be on the I, world's first record company and still be indie? I think so. But at I, the time I, we were part of uh, uh, Sony Music. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah, a little tiny independent thing. Uh, we had uh, <laughs> Steve Fulton for that with the py Pyrocosm. Py Pyrocosm. Pyrocosm. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry. Slotting your time. Three eight. From uh, Network Glass, his door out of Baltimore. He's uh, really fucking genius at that kind of music. Uh, a music period, not that kind. Those people, fuck that. Steve Fulta uh, with Cinder Binder. Cinder Bindle. A Bindle. God, what? Put your glasses back on. Yeah, sorry. Cinder Bindle. No, no, Cinder yeah. Bindle. You're right. Well, of course you wrote it. You know. Drone Four, David Gerard, and uh, Riles France. He's out of Massachusetts. And finally, Steve Fulton with uh, Mont Blanc. Yeah. yeah. Okay. There's a margarine fire, right? If you know about that tunnel, it connects uh, France and Italy. Oh, horrible, I, horrible thing. I, uh, I, look, you look, you did all the instruments on your stuff, and we talked about you were a drummer man and uh, uh, fa uh, Fast Eddie. But we Falcon didn't. Eddie, yeah. Fal Falcon Eddie. Fast Eddie played in uh, Motorhead, right? Look, look, look! How did you get on drums? I I picked up drums so I could make recordings of my own songs. Uh, well, I didn't ask why because yeah. <laughs> fuck, I would want to too. But how? <laughs> uh, there were, you know, this was in college, and there were drum sets around, and I could just sit down and try to figure out how to do it, and yeah. Try to learn how to play when the levee breaks, or a you know Motown drum fill, and and then a, I don't know, and just try to keep a beat and without it falling apart because I couldn't edit at that time, so I had to be able to play a song all the way through. So it's just you know keep doing it till you can do it, you know. Just so you like beat it India, but but you're saying back in college, so you you actually had this idea of the one-man band back then? Yeah. Okay. Um, I thought that was just recently. Okay, okay. Did you ever, you never got to realize it back then, though, right? You had to compromise and join other people's bands? Um, well, I don't know. I I mean, I, I still play in bands, too. I, I don't... Yeah, of course, of course, of course. Uh, but that's more like parallel universes, right? Kind of, yeah. 
Um, yeah, it, it wasn't as clear back then as to whether, I think in my mind, it's like I'm recording these songs as a one-man band, but I, I'm not releasing them, and someday I'll have my own band and we'll play these songs. But uh, like I said, you know, later on when I tried that, it, I wasn't as satisfied with the results, and then eventually I just sort of went back to the one-man band thing, but like fully accepting that it is really just about the recordings and not just the sort of the prototype for something later that's going to be playing out, you know. Did you play drums in somebody else's band? Uh, in, yeah. Oh, uh, Falcon and Junket, I played drums because I, oh, okay. I put out another one-man band thing called Speed Bumps. And, uh, you know, one of the guys had heard that and thought that meant I could play drums, which I wasn't that good at the time, but, you know, because it's recording, I could just do as many takes as I needed. Um, so Junket was the first band where I played in a band as a drummer, and, of course, that made me a lot better as a drummer. And uh, how, how would this be in the... A person who's had all the the different jobs in a band and playing gigs and stuff. How does a drumming how does drumming compare with the other things? Um, for one thing, it's less stressful in terms of like stage fright or whatever because you've got you're behind the drums, so you feel a little more protected, insulated than the other band members do. Yeah, 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 yeah. and. Uh, Although I don't like the idea of the drummer in the back, I, that's a big mistake the Minutemen made. We should have the drummer wait. George Hurley should have been <laughs> like the last twenty years. I've had my drummers downstage. I just think it's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. yeah, I just think it's, it's, it's a good idea. I, I, uh, there was a band in San Francisco where the the drummer was right up in the front with his back to the audience. Oh, the wow. guys were behind him. Well, I don't do that. I have my little yeah. angle so I can look at the guy right in the face. But <laughs> I like that kick. You know what I like, Steve? I like that kick drum right up against my calf. That poof. Oh, you, know, uh -huh. the, you know when they say feel it? <laughs> uh -huh. I can feel it. I want to play uh, paradox. Paradoxal. Yeah. Right? Did I got that yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Some pun rock, right? <laughs>
It's a lie, lie. You're telling a lie. I never know why you don't know how to tell the truth. Truth, truth, truth. You don't know how to tell the truth. Yeah. I'm a fool, fool. I've been such a fool. I'm pulling my cool with you right now. You tell the Thank you.
Watch for Pedro Show. Last music for this edition. Start off Steve Fulton with par paradoctal, which is a real word, but wasn't meant to be. That's life. <laughs> <laughs> What's it called? The law of unintended consequences. Uh, Temple Bo Mateen after that. Uh, great drummer man Ed Wilcox uh, with, the, with brother Steve. Bullet into Mesmer's brain. Steve Fulton after that with Beta Breaker. Seven piece rehearsal. Yeah, you were saying rehearsal. I've yet to hear somebody at the gym say, I'm going to go rehearse some hoops. That's <laughs> <laughs> all fucking some acts. Don't worry, Steve. Part, part two, two from Klineman. And this is uh, Emmett Kelly, not the clown, but the musician. Lives in the ballad here. Steve Fulter with To Tell the Truth. Uh, Deep in the Woods after that. Uh, Dublin with The End of Everything. And finally, Steve Fulter with Downwinder. Yeah. So, yeah. Now, all these That's how I say it. What's that? That's how I say it. I mean, it's deliberate. It's it's a little deliberately ambiguous. Is it downwinder or downwinder? Ah, uh, yeah. You know, in my first opera, I had one part I, I called Pedro Bound because it means a place you're going towards, but it's also, you could be chained up to it. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah, because words can you can you know you, I think that's part of lyric writing. Why not use attention to the ambiguity? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. But you say the words are tough for you. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, the music comes a lot easier, and then words. So you're yeah, looking, like I said, it's the chore. It's and it's you're, some, you're looking for something funny, some something mysterious, something that's like not so literal. Yeah. Um, same. Well, I, I share with you the exact same thing. Yeah. Although I, you know, sometimes I feel like it's it's a bit of a cop out. Uh, <laughs> you know, a lot of times I'm I'm just like I just need words to sing, and here are some words, and they don't mean anything, but at least I have some words. Well, uh, we were talking about Louis. What about some scat? Oh. Uh, uh, I mean, I Remember know. we were talking even earlier, my, my first single, Guess Who? What was his name? Uh -huh. Burton Cummins? Yeah. Every fucking tune he ended with scat. Right? American woman, don't really want it because I don't really need it. He's got to like, every tune is uh, infinite chorus with him scatting over the top. Uh -huh. Don't give me no hand-me-down. <laughs> Right or uh, it's a new Mother Nature taken. I don't know. That's big. Maybe it's a little before. You probably know these tunes, right? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And okay. they, 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 they kind of a formula, right? I never. Well, I never noticed that before. Yeah, I didn't notice till I started writing songs. It was like, man, okay. Uh, but but what is this? This since this is your second one man band record. What what, what have you learned from this one? Um, I, th I think process more than anything. This is, I mean, there were a bunch of other ones. It was, it's like my fifth or whatever. Oh, one really? One. Okay, okay. Uh, but but yeah, just just the go into the studio every night thing, and that really worked for me. I thought. Put in the time. Yeah, you know, a you know that eighty five percent of success is just showing up idea discipline uh, con conquers hesitation yeah yeah i think mayo thompson said that right mm. yeah he said uh 
pitcher movements into Eastern Europe go together like pancakes and syrup. Yeah, Tom Watson, uh, my Mr. Man guitarist, uh, the last up with me. So. And I was a big Soldier Talk fan. Uh, it's been a big honor. Do you have a, a sixth one-man album planned? Um, yeah, there, there were even more songs that weren't on this album because they're being held for another album that's a little more of a concept album, but I don't have enough songs for that. This one stopped when COVID stopped because I didn't really feel safe going into the studio, but uh, once we all get vaccinated, I want to pick it up again and make more albums. So. And where can people find you on the internet? Uh, Bandcamp is best. Uh, I mean, yeah, for my music. Yeah, it's it's basically Bandcamp. Um, the music's so you um, don't have it, your own website. No, I don't. Okay, but Bandcamp's great. I, lo I love yeah. the way they treat people in music. Yeah. Uh, well, when you when you get around to this other one and get enough songs and fill that, when you come back on the show and play it, we could talk about it. Uh, I'd love to. Yeah. yeah. Thanks so much, Steve. Truly. Thank you. Keep on keeping on, please. Get we gotta get jabs in the arm and we'll be back yeah. out there, Comey. People, February 25, 2021 edition of Peter, so keep your powder dry.